It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for tonight, and we have Stuart in the studio. So, y'all, it's getting colder. It's getting colder, and I do have to say something. You know, as as you may or may not know, I come from the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, and there was a time... When I was used to the cold, I'll just say it like this kind of weather, 20s, you know, just didn't really bother me. Sure, if it got windy, that would kind of be obnoxious, but the cold wasn't that bad. However, after having been in Alabama the last few years, I I don't want to say all of that thick skin is gone, but I just... Not a big fan of, you know, of 20 degree weather anymore, teens, it's just not not my thing as much. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the South has caused me to lose that. But anyways, friends, we have a great show for you. These next two hours, we are on Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we have a two-hour show for you. Here we are in the first hour. So, uh, Stuart, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Doing good. That's good to hear. And, uh, you know, if you're like me and you're not the biggest soccer fan that maybe you just uh, you think soccer is a whole bunch of running around and not a lot of scoring, maybe not exciting or that's your opinion, uh, you may not have realized that uh, something big happened uh, this weekend. So, Stuart, our resident soccer expert. Uh, so, Stuart, uh, tell us what happened this weekend. Well, you know, it was the World Cup final. And yeah. It, it, it was all right. For anyone who watched, you know, you would have seen that that was a very, very good game that we had. From what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. one of the maybe the best finals of all time. Yeah, it's not always like that where you where the final game lives up to the hype. And that game had a lot of hype going in because you know you had Mbappe mm-hmm. on the French team. They were looking to be one of the rare teams that wins back to back World Cups. And Mbappe is viewed as maybe the best player in the world right now, or he's going to be like the next superstar. If yeah. I mean, he's already a superstar, but he's like the next Pele maybe. And then you have Messi, who's viewed by many as like the best player ever. So whatever whatever was going to happen, you were going to get history made, and it'd be iconic game. But the way it ended up, it was just crazy. That's insane. I thought Argentina when they were up two zero, I thought they were going to run away with that thing. Maybe I say run away in terms of soccer terms, uh, whatever that looks like. But two zero, but Mbappe kind of took over there and, and what, brought brought what, it back. What was the score when you texted me? Because I was in Sunday school class when you texted. Me, oh goodness, I, I, I was, was also I was only getting snippets here or there. Um, I think it was it. I forget when. I'd have to look. I don't know if it was three three. Or something along those lines at that point, but yeah, it was it was two nil. Then it was Mbappe scored twice in like two minutes, making two yes. two. And then in extra time, Messi scored, 
make it 3-2, and then Mbappe scored again 3-3. So it was just really crazy. It was mainly the ending of the game was insane. Yeah. And then it came down to penalties. Then it came down to penalties. The penalties weren't that good, honestly. The moment France missed the second one, you're like, this is... It's over. It's over, yeah. Yeah, so it was a great game. And for those of you, let's say you're more um, football or basketball-minded, this is like what uh, Kylian Mbappe did was like Tracy McGrady scoring... 13 points in like 10 seconds something along the lines of that or it's like in football you're down three touchdowns with three minutes to go and then the football team comes all the way back like what he did was incredible but anyways friends that's our soccer spotlight there and uh, you know just uh, wanted to get that in because we do have some soccer fans out there and uh, yeah I guess it's uh, post Saturday college football so we got to talk sports somehow right and so Stewart is in with the latest. Uh, so for our first story for tonight, switching over to other current events, more newsy uh, current events, the Christian Post has this article that says, Kirk Cameron will hold story hours at two libraries after threat of legal action. Christian actor Kirk Cameron said that two public libraries are working with him to host a, a reading of his new faith-based children's book. Once Cameron indicated he was prepared to seek legal help after after multiple libraries across the United States refused to host him. So as y'all know, libraries are the recent cultural war battleground. You have your drag queen story hour, and then you'll have like pastors wanting to read, uh, read books, and you have Kirk Cameron... Kirk Cameron reached out to a whole bunch of different libraries to read his new book, his uh, new faith-based children's book, and many of them either rejected him or didn't respond to him. And then he, when he threatened legal action, I guess a couple of them gave in. And, and the reason why I, I cite this is I think this is a way forward. Christians, and I'm as guilty as anyone else, we're just good at complaining. We are. We're so good at it. When, when things don't go our way or something happens that we don't like, we're just so good at huffing and puffing and, and, and whining and complaining. And what Kirk Cameron and, and what pastors have done through these actions is saying, all right, you can sit on your rear end and do nothing and whine, or you can actually engage culture, go out and do something. So I think that's a wonderful idea. Pastors, I know you're busy out there. I know. Lots of things going on. We have talked multiple times on the show about all the things that a pastor does during the week. And we honor that. You work so hard. We get that. But if you have a little bit of time, it doesn't have to be pastors either. I'm talking uh, elders, deacons, uh, you know, whoever you are, church leaders in some way, shape or form. Go out and read books at libraries, read parts of the Bible, read faith based books. If we're going to complain about drag queens doing their overly, you know, sexual adultish kind of stuff and uh, taking some of that messaging and uh, LGB values into uh, just places where kids are. Well, we can complain about it or let's go and spread the gospel. Let's go have pastor story hour in libraries. Let's go have, um, you know, school kids, especially what's appropriate. I, I recognize there are legal things going on, but let's have our school age kids interact with faith based stuff more if we can. I recognize there's some legal things there and lawsuits and all that stuff, but let's be creative. 
What do y'all think? Let, let's go out and what are some ways that we can, you know, involve our kids, our public school kids in things that are potentially more friendly to Christian values? And that's what we talk about on the show. Good news, Christian values. That's what we aim for. Y'all, I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. But maybe you can, if you're listening out there. Go to your local library and hold a, a, a reading hour and you go and you take a good book and that, that promotes good Christian values and go read it to children. Uh, like I've often said, uh, when we secularize the public schools... The thought was, oh, we're just not going to teach Christianity above other religions. Well, what actually happened was you were just going to teach, you know, materialistic, atheistic values. It was going to be replaced by a uh, anti-Christian belief system. That's what secularism did. It did it in a Trojan horse kind of way. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you leave your Bible over there and um, you leave your Quran over there and you leave your various uh, Eastern religious scriptures uh, over there and we're just going to meet on a neutral ground. No, it was meeting on a uh, anti-supernatural anti-spiritual ground and thus Christianity started to uh, lose footing in this culture but I think we can reverse that and Kirk Cameron has uh, you know through this practice I think he's trying to do that Uh, what does he say we need all hands on deck the family of faith needs to get off the defense get on the offense and when we do we will join that great cloud of witnesses from the past Cameron assured we will be part of God's loving army of compassion that cannot be stopped and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it so I like how he quotes Hebrews there, the great cloud of witnesses. Y'all, let's get off our rear ends. Let's go engage culture. Let's produce culture. Let's help to shape culture. And I think that we can turn this baby around. Friends, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Y'all make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple and Spotify. Check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Y'all don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Priority Talk. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. 
Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. This is Jack Graham of PowerPoint Ministries, and you are listening to Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night for the next two hours, and I'm glad to talk with you. I am glad to talk with you. I'm your host for tonight, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out, and we have Stuart in the studio. And for our next kind of current affairs, current events news article, we're going to revisit a topic that I talked about probably a few weeks ago, but just so that we can kind of see how it develops. But this is from the Gospel Coalition, Wyatt Graham. Uh, Canadians must not assist a culture of death. And we've talked about it before. Canada's, it's a euphemism. It's called MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying. And it's basically, hey, I'm suffering in some way, shape, or form. It's a great kind of suffering, uh, and I want to die. And then the then the government, uh, through, the, I guess, medical facilities, administers drugs that then will end your life. In March 2023, Canada will begin assisting the mentally ill, and uh, I, I put that in air quotes, will begin assisting the mentally ill by terminating their lives. Y'all, if it wasn't so tragic and heartbreaking... That would be something that you would have, like, maybe a Babylon Bee or The Onion kind of article. Just by its phrasing, we'll begin assisting the mentally ill. You think, oh, helping by killing them. Canada first legalized medical assistance in dying in 2016. Now, a further expansion will allow those with mental illness to receive a prescription for death. The slope is not slippery because that's what conservatives are often accused of, right? This is me talking. It's a slippery slope. Oh, oh, if you just change the definition of marriage, it'll just incorporate two men or two women and it'll stop. And so then when Christians say, uh, hold on now, eventually what's going to happen is the whole idea of marriage is going to disintegrate. It's just going to be selfish relationships that's all about you, not about the kids, and uh, Western civilization is going to collapse. It's like, oh, no, that's a slippery slope. What's wrong with you? It will never go that way. And now it's going that way to where marriage is becoming more and more just meaningless. People aren't partaking in it. People don't understand it. And they think, oh, it, we're, we're just going to enter into some sort of self-seeking relationship and then it'll end whenever I feel like it and then we wonder why society starts to collapse because we're so narcissistic and selfish that we're only focused on ourselves so going back to euthanasia let me read this paragraph the slope is not only slippery the ground below made collapsed into the pit of the earth we should expect and we already have these there's a link in this article we should expect the requests of parents to end their children's lives 
lives to soon be granted. There are doctors who get letters or, I guess, requests from parents that say, hey, I want to end my child's life. Can I do that? We will not have post-birth abortion. We will have parents requesting to have their children receive the care given by medical assistance in dying. Lest I be accused of exaggeration, Quebec's College of Physicians has already in 2021 recommended euthanizing infants and teenagers. Y'all, this is going back to the pre-Christian Greco-Roman culture. Where if you did not have value in society, you were allowed to die. If you did not have value in society and families did not want to take your own family, didn't want to take care of you, you were basically killed. This is infanticide for the elderly, the young. Now it's also uh, teenagers as well. This is not just killing the unborn. That's abortion. Uh, remember what I've said in the past about abortion. The reasoning behind abortion of, of just people not being wanted, people not, uh, you know, just, I guess, being valuable to society. I said that that would then leak into everything else. This would also uh, permeate a culture where now we see it. It's, it's it's a culture of death. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? The article goes on to give different examples of people suffering. It's like, oh, I, it's, I, I'm suffering financially, mentally. It's really tough. Uh, it, it goes on to talk about uh, uh, just uh, one person saying, I'm applying for maid. These are comments online. I'm applying for maid as soon as I turn 18. And another person replied, me too. Another person wrote, I wish I had access to this, to be honest. And someone else said, it's okay to want to consider it, it being made. It's okay to have all manner of thoughts. This is purely about you, sending you support, whichever path you choose. And so now this is... This is liberalism. I'm talking lowercase l. I'm not talking the Democratic Party. I'm talking liberalism, the ideal. Liberalism about personal rights and personal autonomy. And I am the master of my own fate. And I have this, that, the other. It's all about me, me, me. This is liberalism to the extreme. This is liberalism when it's not constrained by conservatism at all. And ultimately what the world says, the, the Western culture of death, which will cause Western society to implode, what it's going to say is it's the ultimate middle finger to God. I have a right to my own life. I can do whatever I want as I see fit. And no one can tell me what to do. This is lowercase l liberalism without any constraints. It's, it's the end result. I am the master of my own life. I do as I please. And that means I want to commit suicide effectively. I want the government to kill me. Well, then I can do it as well because it's my life. Whereas Christianity, we know our life is not ours. It's not up to me to end my life. I, my life is God's. God, how, how can I serve you? What can I do to love others? How can I worship you more fully and more truly? And we're seeing what has happened with atomized individualism. When we have no civic institutions that have any say, the church has no say in my life. Government has no say in my life. I'm not supposed to be a good patriotic citizen trying to make the world a better place, trying to make my community, my country, my state a better place, my city, my town, my neighborhood. Uh, civic institutions, uh, they, they have no say. Uh, institutions of the church has no say. I do as I please. And don't you dare tell me uh, what I can, you know, how, how I should live. And so what's going to happen as, as Western society progresses 
progresses on this path. I hope it turns around, but if it does, eventually Christians will be demonized and persecuted because we'll be for saving life and preserving life. Oh, you want to save the unborn? You're evil. You hate women. Oh, you want to save the elderly? Oh, you're evil. You hate their families because their families has to their family has to take care of the elderly. Oh, you're for uh, teenagers that who are uh, you want to save their life, preserve their life, but they're suffering uh, some mental illness to some degree. Oh, you actually hate them because you want to save their life. You want to preserve their life. Well, but they want to die. So you're going against their wishes. And that's awful. How could you? You are full of hate. And eventually the world will get so upside down that Christians standing for life from the unborn to the elderly we will be the ones in the wrong because obviously we hate people. Friends, that's what we're going to with this made program. It's already here in the U.S., not to the same degree, but y'all, we got to fight it tooth and nail. And uh, what will also happen is in the medical field, we put in a lot of effort to, to help people with pain, uh, pain management, pain, um, I guess. Yeah, that's the term pain management. We want people at the end of their life to be comfortable. So we develop treatments and drugs and uh, medical procedures to help with that. Well, guess what? All the money we put into that, if made is implemented here in the U.S. or widely, even more widely in the West, all of that effort, money, time care in those areas to help people to relieve their pain, that's going to disappear for the most part because the suggestion from the government to the elderly will be, well, why don't you just die? The solution for those suffering a lot of pain will be, well, why don't you just kill yourself and save everyone the trouble and that care at the end of someone's life or if someone's suffering will start to go away because it's like, oh, you're in a tough place. Well, just get rid of yourself and it'll all be over. The government will seek to, and insurance companies will definitely do this because this will save them money, uh, will just try to get rid of people and then, hey, we don't have to worry about it. Oh, if you're homeless, well, just bye-bye. See ya. You can solve that real quick. Y'all, we stand strongly and firmly against a culture of death. We are for life. We want to take care of people. We want to help those who are suffering, injured, ill, lonely, uh, those who have made poor decisions. The gospel has a hold in our heart and tells us, hey, because God loves us, we are to then love others. Friends, I want to hear your thoughts. 205-941-1011. I hope it doesn't come to Alabama, but if it does, we got to fight it tooth and nail. Friends, this is Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Make sure to check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on social media at Priority Talk. See what we're up to. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. 
Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Hey, hey, welcome to Priority Talk Radio. We are live from 5 to 7 tonight on this Monday. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out, and we have Stuart in the studio. For our next article, we're going to talk about something from mere orthodoxy. Now, uh, y'all, if you want good places to go, good Christian thinkers, I'm not saying I agree with everything they produce because... uh, I can't like everyone's going to have different thoughts on everything. You're not going to find an exact clone when it comes to opinions and you're going to encounter some stuff that you uh, might not agree with. But I think a, a few good websites are uh, mere orthodoxy. I like the gospel coalition is a good one. I think uh, there's uh, first things as well. And then I go to various news places like uh, the Christian post and elsewhere for, for some stuff. I'm not saying everything's going to be right. I'm not saying that, Oh my goodness, they get all their opinion stuff. Just, just perfect. But I, I they give us some good things to think about. Uh, and so I would encourage y'all to check out some, some sites there as well. Ian Harbour, And Patrick Miller write about, uh, they have an article titled, My AI Spiritual Director. And in that article, they say, after years working as a doctor in a hospital, a friend shared the most frustrating part of her job. Patients whose online amateur medical research weighs more heavily in their decision making than her professional opinion. She ended with a wish. I want WebMD to die. Of course, some might chalk this up to ego, but she was driven by concern for her patients. WebMD gives people a false sense of confidence. Unlike a doctor, the website cannot assess your symptoms, current health, and past medical issues. A short article is no substitute for years studying the complexities of human health. Patients were choosing to trust a blog over a flesh and blood doctor and the result making poor healthcare decisions. And so the article goes on to talk about y'all know WebMD. If you've been around long enough, you go and you're like, oh, no, I have this symptom. I'm a little achy. I I have a little headache. maybe feeling a little flush and then you go to webmd and it tells you oh you have a stage four cancer you know it's like okay oftentimes it's not helpful but sometimes it is y'all know what M- uh, webmd is the article goes on to talk about uh, you know open ai something that happened with artificial intelligence so open ai recently released its gpt3 chat chatbot just like so it's like the software this this program that can help you diagnose stuff just like webmd it's help it's happy to serve up potential uh, potential issues and the article goes on to talk about different things that it was tested with but what happens is this gpt3 chatbot 
also talks about uh, spiritual stuff. Uh, while the chatbot hedges its medical advice with pleas to speak to a doctor, it does not advise pastoral visits when it pontificates on prayer, fasting, forgiveness, generosity, greed, marriage, lust, or scripture application. It speaks as an authority. Who is a pastor to question the wisdom of, of an ardent in, of an intelligence that's memorized the whole of scripture and historical theology who needs a church when you can enjoy snappy answers from an all-knowing ai the algorithm has searched me and known my anxious thought after all but again i wonder what precisely is the value of easy to access spiritual wisdom provided by ai to answer that question uh and then the article goes on to talk more about that and i just think there's something to be said that we're just losing the desire the ability the 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 general wisdom to go to actually talk to pastors to actually go and, and read a book by, by people who have delved deeply into spiritual things. What ha- has happened with the internet is you have endless information at your fingertips. We have divorced, as this article talks about, knowledge from effort. And so just like WebMD kind of uh, unintentionally disrespects the medical profession, and disrespects the opinions of, of uh, doctors who want to have some sort of uh, relationship with you to get to know you, to be able to help you. How often do we do that as Christians, that we don't establish relationships with spiritual mentors and pastors uh, who can help us diagnose spiritual issues? We think, well, I have uh, the internet. I don't need to go actually uh, talk to people. And what we're losing is the value of the church and living in community. As long as I can answer my questions and I just go to this uh, chat bot or whatever software program that you have, that's all I need. And we forget that we're supposed to we're supposed to worship with community. And there's an uh, there's a older generation or maybe our elders that have so much wisdom to share with us. If we could look away from our screens, go set up an appointment, maybe just go sit on the porch with a neighbor. Y'all, let's let's get away from this this thinking that knowledge equals wisdom. Wisdom is built up through the ages. And there's a lot of people that can help us if we just go talk to them. I think about the collective wisdom of the older generation that we often skip out on because, oh, they might not be as photogenic. Maybe I'm making up a word here. Videogenic uh social media savvy as the younger generations might be uh, gen gen z and the millennials but how valuable is going to someone's house or going to a pastor's office uh i'll you know obviously hopefully the pastor's you know a good listener and uh, you know actually wise yeah you know sometimes you'll bump into people that might not know as much as they should but there's a lot of value in going and sitting down 
with, uh, you know, here we are in the South, so I got to say, you know, sweet tea. If you're more like me, uh, you're, you're, you, you like uh, maybe a little bit of lemonade mixed in there. And just listening, asking good questions, learning from those who have walked the path before. Let's be careful that just because we can get knowledge from the Internet, that is no place that can't replace relationships, living life together. That's what you get in the church. That's what you get from a good pastor, good elders and deacons, or however your church structure works. That's what you get from going to maybe an elderly neighbor, an elderly friend, and saying, hey, I just tell me some stories. I want to hear what you have to say. What, how would you handle this? And I think there's a lot that we can learn from if we just tone down our ego and we listen. That that would be my advice. What do y'all think? Make sure to call in 205-941-1011. What is the best bit of advice that you have ever gotten? That's the question I want y'all to call in. Has anyone given you advice that just really helped you? This is your chance to give a shout out, y'all, because here we are in this Christmas season and we're all confused. We're all wondering, all right, what is happening in this world? I have no idea. We need some good wisdom. So if someone has ever given you a bit of wisdom that has really helped you, Share it with us. I bet we would love to hear what you have to say. 205-941-1011. I guess a bit of information that um, someone, an old friend of mine, Elizabeth, uh, was her name back when I lived in, in Maryland. Uh, she told me one thing that really helped me because I struggled sometimes with feeling joy as a Christian but also feeling negative emotions, sadness and anger. And I was like, well, if I'm joyful, then I can't be sad. I can't be angry because then I wouldn't be joyful and then I would be a bad Christian. And one bit of advice that she gave me that has stuck with me to this day is that you can feel joy and sadness at the same time. You can feel joy and anger at the same time. Like you don't have to pick between one or the other that you can be joyful in the Lord, but also saddened by something that happened. You can be joyful in the Lord and also you can get angry because we live in a messed up world like they're not uh, mutually exclusive. That is uh, great advice that has uh, really helped me um, that, that you can feel multiple things at a time and still be joyful in the Lord. Uh, friends, uh, before we get to break, I want to make y'all aware of a new uh, opportunity that you or someone you know might be interested in if you're listening. This is uh, uh, WDJC, a new hire, uh, office billing manager. So there's an opening for an office billing manager. Crawford Media Group in Birmingham, Alabama, is in search of a seasoned office and billing manager. This full-time position is a great opportunity to become a major contributor to Crawford Media Group's Birmingham stations. The ideal candidate should have two to five years of experience in business administration, be highly organized, flexible, and have the ability to manage multiple projects, possess strong mathematical, written, and verbal skills, 
and have a high level of proficiency with Microsoft Office. Duties will include, but are not limited to, billing and collection procedures, accounts receivable and purchase orders, human resource responsibilities, and communication with our corporate office. Send your qualifications, resume, and cover letter telling us why you are the right person for the position by emailing hiring at wdjconline.com or by mail at 120 Summit Parkway, Suite 200, Birmingham, Alabama, 35209. Crawford Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Friends, this is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Are you listening or just joined us? Guess what? It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. Hi, this is Pastor James Ward, author of the book Zero Victim. You are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. And it came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old, and from angels Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out, and Stuart is in the studio. To finish out our first hour, we're heading towards 6 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Because we'll be on from 6 to 7, so don't worry, we have another hour for you. But to close out this first hour, I'm going to talk about something that's just, I guess, near and dear to my heart. This Christmas season, uh, we have a lot of people are happy and joyful. A lot of people that you get to see family, lots of good memories are made. And y'all, I don't need this, but... I'm going to be around a lot of good food and I'm going to eat too much. And it's just the way it is. It's the holidays and I lack self-control. But anyways, enough about me. Uh, But we know 
that there are many around us who they have at best mixed feelings about Christmas and the holidays in general, that maybe they lost someone in this season. Maybe they, uh, you know, go are going through some tough times. Uh, we know a lot of people are, are struggling paycheck to paycheck, paying the bills, uh, stressed out and all those things. And we want to be mindful of that and, and wary of that, that not everyone views Christmas the same. And uh, Greg Laurie had an article in the Christian Post titled, How to Overcome Loneliness This Christmas. And he says, uh, he, he focuses on one of God's names, Emmanuel, God with us. The first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew lays it out for us. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us, Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Most of us have heard the contemporary song, Mary, did you know? I love the lines, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Y'all, this is me, not Greg Laurie here, but when when it comes to that song, Mary, Did You Know, I just get goosebumps. Oh, what, what an incredible song. Uh, going back to the article, did she, understood, did she understand that this was Emmanuel? I believe she did. What a staggering thought that is for all of us. God with us is the very essence of the Christian experience. All other religions lay out things that you must do to reach God, make it to heaven, achieve nirvana, or escape wrath. If you do it all perfectly, then maybe you will gain the approval of God or reach the outskirts of heaven. In contrast to all the other religions of the world, Christianity doesn't say do. It has already been done. Our salvation was accomplished by God himself. For us, through God, with us, who became a man and took our penalty on himself. Some people dread the month of December, wishing they could skip from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day. Some empty nesters miss the hustle and bustle of Christmas's past. Some have lost a spouse, and memories of Christmas only seem to make the pain and desolation harder to bear. Is this a time of anxiety or separation for you? Are you lonely and feel as though you have no one at all? Loneliness is a painful sense of being unwanted, unloved, unneeded, uncared for, and maybe even unnecessary. Studies have shown that one of the main reasons people commit suicide is because deep down inside they are lonely. That's why the name Emmanuel is so inexpressibly powerful. Uh, and that's where the gospel, y'all, one thing I, uh, I'll talk about sometimes when I'll teach a class at my church or I'll talk to people we often have this view of the gospel that is, we have this view of the gospel that's very me, me, me focused. And and we talk about, oh, gospel is my ticket to heaven. We are saved. We're going to be with Jesus forever, eternity, la, la, la. And yes, that's all true. That's all good and well. 
Um, and, and we should focus on that. That's great. But that shouldn't be our only focus. The gospel also helps us to connect with one another and it heals relationships. So friends, let's look around. Do y'all know any elderly neighbor neighbors? Do y'all know any people who might be by themselves this Christmas? It can't hurt to to go knock on a door. And I know, okay, I, I say that knock on a door, y'all. Be careful because nowadays, because people don't visit each other's houses as often, sometimes people get real nervous when you knock on their door and they're like, oh, let me get my let me get my shotgun real quick. Hold on. So so be careful. But between calling, texting, visiting, let let's do what we can. Y'all, there are a lot of lonely people out there, and, and we need to be mindful of that. And uh, it can't hurt to check on a neighbor. Churches, this is where we have a great opportunity. Let's take care of people. We are increasingly isolated to the point where, like, I'm very thankful for the Internet. The amount of knowledge at our fingertips is astounding. But with the Internet eventually came social media. And with social media eventually came just increasing isolation. As we try to create these worlds that are completely self-serving and just give us everything we want. And we're leaving community behind. The church needs to step up in this area and be like, hey, we need physical communion, Uh, communion, excuse me. Yes, we do need communion, (laughs) physical community. That's what we want of being in the physical presence of one another. Uh, Jesus was not some online social media figure that you uh, subscribed to, you followed, you looked on his Instagram. No, he was embodied. Jesus you know, was a human and he, he, you know, his body was very real and he didn't kind of send us letters from heaven. Oh, I I like that letters from heaven. Anyways, he didn't send us letters from heaven that said, Hey, y'all keep, you know, stay up to date, you know, subscribe, follow, and uh, I'll keep sending you uh, newsletters and all that stuff's good. No, he came down to earth and, and dwelled with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's Jesus. So let us do the best we can to physically be with others in this season because there are so many who are lonely. And let's remember that, y'all. So be praying, be looking for opportunities. It can't hurt to pray with strangers, you know, pray with a cashier, pray with a waiter, waitress, um, Y'all, we, we need community. Let's let's bring it back. Let's let's do what we can. And I think this article titled How to Overcome Loneliness This Christmas doesn't talk about all those things. I kind of went on my own little rant, my own little tangent. But by Greg Laurie, it just is let's let's meditate on God being with us physically. And he is, uh, you know, he came as, uh, the, you know, the incarnation. And I think those are beautiful things to dwell on this Christmas season. And I think we should because you know, we, we talk about, we think about little baby Jesus. And uh, it's powerful and it's healing. The gospel can actually solve problems. Uh, 
The Gospels, sometimes what we do is we kind of bifurcate, we cut into two, the spiritual and the physical. Well, like, yeah, on Sundays I'll go worship and I'll sing songs and I guess I'll suffer through some some sermon by my pastor. And then during the other six days of the week, I will, uh, you know, live in the real world. I will go and work and I will do my own thing. And then, yes, I'll deal with my spiritual self on Sundays. No, y'all, it's all connected. The physical and the spiritual and the gospel heals us uh, with all the things we're going through. The gospel can can help to heal or heal depending on what the specific issue is. Friends, this is Priority Talk Radio. My name is Nate Williams. We will be right back. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out. We have Stuart in the studio. Y'all, if you missed the first hour, well, one, uh, first things first, I guess, my condolences because it was a great first hour. But you don't have to be too overly sad because we are we have a podcast, Priority Talk, that you can check out. And we are also online. We have a website, uh, PriorityTalkRadio.com, that you can, um, I guess, look up. And, uh, yeah, you don't have to miss a thing. So what are we talking about in this second hour? Well, I'm glad you asked. We are talking about kind of Christmas history origins type stuff and you know I have this article from history.com and you take it with a grain of salt uh, whenever I would like watch things from history you know the history channel if, if, the, if it's the same thing as history.com you know that at a certain part at night they start showing like the weird alien shows and the and the how did this happen well it had to be alien type 
people, I guess, for entertainment. And uh, so I, I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt, but maybe history.com has this right. I'm not sure. Anyways, I will read uh, how 25 Christmas traditions got their start. Learn why we decorate trees, swap cookies, and hide pickles and elves, among other traditions. So uh, if you've ever wondered why we do certain things, well, I'm going to talk about it. I don't know if I'll get through all 25. I might. But let's go learn a little bit of history. Why don't we? Uh, Christmas trees, right? That's a big one. Decorated uh, trees date back to Germany in the Middle Ages, with German and other European settlers popularizing Christmas trees in America by the early 19th century. A New York woodsman named Mark Carr is credited with opening the first U.S. Christmas tree lot in 1851. A 2019 survey by the American Christmas Tree Association, oh, that's fancy, predicted that 77% of U.S. households displayed a Christmas tree in their home. Among the trees on display, an estimated 81% were artificial and 19% were real. Okay, now there's a debate, Stuart. Um, All right, Stuart, what are your thoughts on the artificial versus real Christmas trees? Where 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 do you fall in that in that conversation? Uh, I mean those the artificial Christmas tree is real nice, you know, cuz you can just pack it up, put it up in yeah. the attic, just bring it out whenever you're ready. The the real ones you got to go out and you got to get them. They die, you know. So yeah. I mean, you know, okay. I can understand if you I mean, the, the real ones are nice and all. You got that nice Christmas tree smell, but I can understand if you just want the artificial ones. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I, I fall a little bit. I, I, I might be more favorable to real trees now because um, I, I married a a lady who, uh, someone, a, a Southern belle who loves real trees. And so that's what I get now because, you know, that's how it works. But I guess as a military kid, I moved around all the time. I think I moved, if I did my math correctly, which, you know, my education is suspect in maths sometimes but uh i think i moved around 11 times in 22 years my first 22 years on earth and so it made more sense to have artificial trees because you're always moving and it's just easy you kept it with you um it just no fuss no mess it was there you knew where it was every year you go you uh, unbox it and and there it was however you're right there is something to be said about the smell the feel the authenticity if you are into that and so i get that as well so it i have warmed up to it in recent years and i do enjoy going out and cutting it down it's kind of like a tradition i'm into now so i'm kind of on the fence but i'm heading in the direction of the real trees the rockets since 1925 first known as the missouri rockets this iconic dance group has been kicking up its heels officially becoming the radio city Music Hall Rockettes in 1934. From performing at movie openings to entertaining troops to making TV appearances, they're perhaps best known for their annual Christmas Spectacular. A Charlie Brown Christmas, a Charlie Brown Christmas, let me actually say that correctly. Decades later, it may be hard to imagine that this beloved 
TV special inspired by Charles Schultz's Peanuts comic strip was first rejected by CBS executives. Can you all imagine? It was first rejected by uh, CBS executives, but when it finally aired on December 9th, 1965, almost half of all U.S. TV sets were tuned to the broadcast, and the show went on to win an Emmy, a Peabody, an enduring following and even a trend of charlie brown christmas trees i never thought it was such a bad little tree linus says in the special it's not bad at all really maybe it just needs a little love and i think there's something about that that goes for us we all just need a little love but that also goes to tell you y'all if you think you have something good and the the whatever it might be the gatekeepers of your industry or whoever's at the top they say no they kind of shoot it down it doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible i mean maybe it is i don't know uh but if you have something really good like keep going for it and you'll never know what'll happen christmas pickles if there's a pickle among your snowman angel and reindeer ornaments you're likely taking part in the american tradition of hiding the green ornament on the tree so that the first child to find it wins a gift or gets to open the first president excuse me the first present christmas morning the practice's origins are a bit murky or should that be briny uh-huh uh-huh but it's likely it grew from a woolworth's marketing gimmick from the late 1800s when the retailer received imported german ornaments shaped like a pickle and needed a sales pitch that is brilliant imagine you're getting all these pickle ornaments and you're like well i guess i got to do something with it and then you accidentally start an american tradition uh, hey that's not bad elf on the shelf love it or loathe it since 2005 moms and dads have either joyously or begrudgingly been hiding a toy elf each night from thanksgiving to christmas more than 13 million elves have been adopted since 2005 when uh Carol Abersold, I may have mispronounced that, and her daughter, Chanda Bell, published the book Elf on the Shelf, a Christmas tradition that comes with the toy. Social media has even inspired some parents to set up elaborate scenarios for their elves, as in, he TP'd the tree, or she filled the sink with marshmallows. Yule log. Yule logs were part of ancient winter solstice celebrations, but it was Americans who turned the wood burning into must-see TV. Back in 1966, WPIX TV in New York City aired a continuous 17-second loop of a fireplace for three hours along with holiday music. That led to an eventual better production and nearly 20 years of annual viewing. Today, you can view the Yule Log on demand and on the web. Advent calendars. Early versions of this tradition, starting in Germany in 1903... Yeah, 1903 by publisher Gerhard Land offered a way for children to count down to Christmas by opening one door or window a day to reveal a Bible passage, poem, or small gift. I like that. Since gaining mass popularity by 1920, the calendars have evolved to secular calendars that include daily gifts from many bottles of wine to nail polish to chocolates to action figures. 
Gingerbread houses. Although Queen Elizabeth I gets credit for the early decorating of gingerbread cookies, once again, it's the Germans who lay claim to starting the gingerbread house tradition. And when the German brothers Grimm wrote Hansel and Gretel, a new holiday tradition was born. Today, the edible decorations are available in uh, a lot of pre-packed kits. Oh, I am enjoying this greatly. I hope you are too. I'm learning a lot. The Nutcracker. For many, the holiday season is not complete without a trip to watch this ballet. With music by Peter... Tchaikovsky, did I pronounce that Tchaikovsky? And originally uh, choreographed by Maria Sepetipa, this romantic tale of the young Clara's Christmas Eve premiered December 18th, 1892 in St. Petersburg, Russia. It was performed for the first time outside of Russia in 1934 in England and made its way to the United States in 1944 when it was performed by the San Francisco Ballet. It, it became a must-see event in America in the 1960s as performances spread across the nation ugly christmas sweaters you can blame our neighbors to the north for this silly ironic tradition that really gained steam in the 1980s according to the ugly christmas sweater party book the sweaters became a party trend in vancouver canada in 2001 and the trend is seemingly here to stay according to fox business the ugly sweater industry is a multi multi-million business multi-million oh i think they meant to say dollar business is a multi-million dollar business with websites such as tipsy elves retailers include macy's kohl's and target and even food chains jumping on the ugly bandwagon i'm having a lot of fun with this we have cookies and milk next on the other side of the break y'all you don't want to miss cookies and milk so you'll want to stay tuned in this is wxjc radio priority talk i'm your host nate williams we will be right back One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hello, Priority Talk fans. Want to quickly comment on a topic or ask Greg and his guest a question? Then join the Priority Talk text line by sending the code PTR to the number 202 249 5592. 
That's PTR to the number 202-249-5592. Thank you for listening. It's time to pick up that phone and call Greg right now at Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. This is Jonathan McKee with Focus on the Family, and you're listening to Priority Talk. The snow is falling like I am for you. Hear the children singing one of our favorite tunes. Christmas trees, nativities. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out and Stuart is in the studio. I'm going to, I'm just enjoying this. I'm having fun uh, learning about, I guess, some, some historical tidbits about our Christmas traditions. Uh, trying to think this is from history.com and now we are on cookies and milk so there we go while leaving treats for santa and his reindeer dates back to ancient norse mythology americans began to sweeten up the on the uh, sweeten up to the tradition during the great depression in the 1930s as a sign of showing gratitude during a time of struggle candy canes whether devoured as a treat or hung on the tree as a decoration Candy canes are the number one selling non-chocolate candy during December and date back to 1670 Germany. Man, y'all, Germany is representing with these traditions. The red and white peppermint sticks arrived stateside in 1847 when a German-Swedish immigrant in uh, Wooster, Ohio, placed them on a tree. By the 1950s, an automated candy cane-making machine was invented, cementing their mass appeal. Uh, what else we got? We have door wreaths. Door wreaths have been around since the ancient Greek and Roman times, but the evergreen Christmas wreath, often adorned with uh, boughs of holly, eventually took on Christmas uh, Christian meaning, with a circular shape representing eternal life and the holly leaves and berries symbolic of Christ's crown of thorns and blood, according to the New York Times. Today's wreaths which come in all varieties from flowers and fruit to glass balls and ribbon to artificial and themed are most often seen as a secular winter tradition. Christmas cards. The first official Christmas card uh, debuted in 1843 England with a simple message, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. The idea of a mailed winter holiday greeting gradually caught on in both Britain and the U.S., with the Kansas City-based Hall Brothers, now Hallmark, creating a folded card sold with an envelope in 1915. Today, according to the Greeting Card Association, I am liking these associations. There's another one with the Christmas trees. More than 1.6 billion holiday cards are sold annually. It's a wonderful life. Oh, man, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Frank, uh, Frank Capra's classic Christmas film debuted in 1946 with Jimmy Stewart playing George Bailey, a suicidal man who is shown what life would be like without him by an angel. But before becoming an annual TV viewing tradition, the movie was a bit of a flop at the box office when it premiered, although it did receive five Oscar nominations, but no wins. A lapsed copyright in the 1970s allowed TV stations to air the movie for free. It has aired exclusively on NBC and USA since 1994. 
Christmas lights. Thomas Edison may be famous for the light bulb, but it was his partner and friend, Edward Hibbard Johnson, who had the bright idea of stringing bulbs around a Christmas tree in New York in 1882. By 1914, the lights were being mass-produced, and now some 150 million sets of lights are sold in the U.S., each year. Department store Santa. Lining up at the mall to snap a photo of the kids on Santa's lap may seem like a modern Christmas tradition, but it dates back to uh, 1890 when James Edgar of Brockton, Massachusetts had a Santa suit made for him and dressed as the jolly fellow at his dry goods store. The gimmick caught on and a year later, Santa's could be found in many stores. While many point to Edgar as the original store Santa, Macy's in New York claims it has been hosting Santa since 1862. Oh, snap. We might might need to have a Santa uh, fight, a Santa duel there between Macy's and Edgar. Uh, What else do we got? Uh, Some of these. Okay. Um, A visit from St. Nicholas. Oh, and in our next segment after the break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about St. Nicholas and uh, some of his history. So y'all want to stay tuned in. But anyways, back to the history.com article. A visit from St. Nicholas, best known as The Night Before Christmas. The reading of this classic by poet Clement Moore is an American holiday tradition. Believed to have been written on Christmas Eve of 1822, the New Yorker is said to have been... uh, is said to have been inspired by his sleigh ride home. According to the U.S. Library of Congress, Clement, a professor at the General Theological Seminary in Manhattan, was embarrassed by the work, which was made public without his knowledge in December 1823. Moore did not publish it under his name until 1844. Y'all, this is more proof. Okay. All right. Let's pause. Serious conversation. Lean in. Listen in. All right. Here we go. If you have a talent or a gift, get out of your own way. Y'all, let me tell you this. Uh, Growing up, and still really to this day, I did not like the sound of my voice, and I still don't. I think it has something to do with the physics of, of, of sound waves and all that, but you think you sound a certain way because it goes from your mouth to your ear, goes through bone and skin and whatever, and it comes across a certain way. But then when you actually listen to yourself through video or audio, I think you sound a little higher pitched than you actually are or you think you are. And uh, what happens is you just really for me, and I know a lot of other people, you dislike the way you sound. Well, whether it's the way you sound, maybe you genuinely can't sing and you need some loving people to actually tell you that, but maybe you can sing. Whether it's singing, audio, uh, uh, your uh, blogging, videoing, uh, your artistic talents, painting, drawing, y'all... If you're good at it, like actually you've gotten you you you've been verified by people, maybe someone other than your mom, I don't know, because moms will often tell you, oh, it's great, honey, and it's actually not, I don't know. Uh, maybe and it's been verified by other people saying, oh, it's good. Share it with the world. There are so many people that that hold back from doing good and blessing others with their own talents because they think, oh, man, it's terrible. I'm awful. Y'all, if you told me as a teenager that I would be on the radio, I would be like, you're crazy because I don't like the way I sound. I'm going to be honest. But this is one of those things that Clement Moore, the night before Christmas, uh, this classic poem, y'all, he tried to 
tried to hide it. And now it's one of the most popular parts of, I guess, American traditions with uh, with Christmas. So be, be careful. Don't uh, don't don't hide your talents. Uh, we have a caller on the line. All righty. Zeke from Coleman. You are on the air. How are you doing, Zeke? I'm doing good. How about you, Nate? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Better now that you called. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Ah, there we go. Uh, a quick question for you. How can we better uh, spend Christmas? And you hear that catchy phrase or that cheesy phrase that says, like, remember the reason for the season? How yes. can we better do that in a more practical way? Uh, I think that is a great question, Zeke. Uh, so, um Let's see. That's that's a good question. Uh, you are always to look for opportunities. So, for example, I know there are many programs out there on, on whether it's Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day. They'll go around giving out meals. And so you'll have local, uh, you know, maybe soup kitchens or food pantries, uh, people that will serve on the day specifically that you can go and join. You can probably ask your church for more help with recommendations there. So one, you can go serve in those ways to hand out meals. Another thing that um, I, I'm passionate about because I help out, you know, serving uh, from time to time in nursing homes. Nursing homes are are very lonely places. You have a lot of residents that year round that they get no visitors. Family doesn't go see them for one reason or another. And so nursing homes are filled with elderly people who are often lonely. They don't have someone to talk to. So that's another uh, way to serve. And so, Zeke, really the limit is our own creativity. If there's a need, you know, food pantries, you can organize a food drive. There's just uh, a lot of different things you can do. Go to your local church for suggestions or look online. But when it comes to remembering why we do what we do, uh, just uh, what what did Jesus do? He came came to Earth, and he served those around him, and he looked for those who were rejected by society. And I really think we are to do the same. So I don't know if that helps, but uh, it's not a particularly creative answer. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like that. I think that's a good suggestion. Uh, as far as the uh, nursing home thing, is that something that they? allow anyone to just walk in and visit elderly people or do you kind of have to jump through some people to do that uh it depends it helps to form a relationship oftentimes they'll have event coordinators and people that can help you with that and you form a relationship with them they'll help to let you in zeke i gotta let you go we have to head into our break this is priority talk radio we will be right back Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. 
And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Where they came from. And for this next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about St. Nicholas. Yes, he was a real person. And uh, we'll get to how he kind of became known as Santa Claus with his name, uh, where that comes from as well. But going back to what Zeke asked about, I think it was great that, y'all, consumer capitalism, it does things to our souls. We do need to recognize that. Capitalism, which I think economically is amazingly effective with supply and demand and markets and efficiency and all that. Uh, what, What can happen, though, in a very prosperous society like the West in general or America specifically, is that that consumer capitalism, consumerism can take over Christmas. And so what Zeke helped us to do is refocus. Y'all, why do we celebrate? We celebrate Christmas because Jesus came to earth and then Jesus came to earth. You know, we know the gospel story, came to earth as a baby, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins. But Jesus, as he lived, he served. He not only helped to take care of our spiritual needs, you know, we're all sinners in need of a savior, but also he fed the hungry and he reached out to the disenfranchised and he spent time with the lonely. Those who were maybe marginalized in society, like women or those who are suffering with illnesses, deformities, he cared for them. And so when it comes to Christmas, y'all, how are we serving? If you are at any lack of ideas for serving, any lack of opportunities, y'all, reach out to your church. I promise you they can help you. If your church can't help you serve your community, y'all, someone's got to get fired. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half joking about that. But your church can have ideas. Y'all can help to uh, serve, set up, help on the church grounds, help with ministry, greeting, ushers, uh, you know, visitations. There might be some uh, members of your congregation that are uh, homebound or nursing homes or hospitals. Uh, that's with the church. Outside the church, y'all, soup kitchens, food pantries, hospitals, orphanages, um, whatever it might be. A lot of uh, nonprofits. There are so many ways we can help y'all. And I thank Zeke for that call. Switching to uh, talking about St. Nicholas. He was uh, the moving down. This is from Britannica, I think maybe formerly Encyclopedia. Britannica, maybe. Anyways, St. Nicholas, also called Nicholas of Berry or Nicholas of Myra, flourished in the fourth century. Uh, Let's see. Western churches are now traditionally associated with the festival of Christmas. In many countries, children receive gifts on December 6th, St. Nicholas Day. He is one of the patron saints of children and of sailors. Now, according to Britannica, his existence is not attested by any historical document, but fooey. I I think he's a real person. Anyways, so nothing certain is known of his life except that he was probably Bishop of Myra in the 4th century. According to tradition, he was born in the ancient ancient Lycian seaport city of Patera, and when young, traveled to Palestine and Egypt. He became Bishop of Myra soon after returning to Lycia. He was imprisoned and likely tortured during the persecution of Christians by the Roman Emperor Diocletian, but was released under the rule of Constantine the Great. 
he may have attended the first council of Nicaea, where he allegedly struck the heretic Arius in the face. He was buried in his church at Myra, and by the 6th century, his shrine there had become well known. In 1087, Italian sailors or merchants stole his alleged remains from Myra and took them to bury Italy. This removal greatly increased the saint's popularity in Europe, and Bury became one of the most crowded of all pilgrimage centers. Nicholas's relics remain enshrined in the 11th century Basilica of St. Nicola uh, at Barry. Nicola at Barry, though fragments have been acquired by churches around the world. In 2017, researchers dated one such relic fragment, a piece of hip bone, from a church in the United States and confirmed it, it to be from the 4th century. Nicholas's reputation for generosity and kindness gave rise to legends of miracles he performed for the poor and unhappy. He was uh, reputed to have given marriage dowries of gold to three, go- three girls whom poverty would otherwise have forced into lives of prostitution and to have restored to life three children who had been chopped up by a butcher and put in a tub of brine. In the Middle Ages, devotion to Nicholas extended to all parts of Europe. He became the patron saint of Russia and Greece, of charitable fraternities and guilds of children, sailors, and married girls, merchants, and pawnbrokers, and of such cities as, uh, you know, uh, Moscow and others. Thousands of European churches were dedicated to him, one built by the Roman Emperor Justinian I at Constantinople, now Istanbul, as early as the 6th century. Nicholas's miracles were a favorite subject for medieval artists and liturgical plays, and his traditional feast day was the occasion for the ceremonies of the boy bishop, a widespread European custom in which a boy was elected bishop and reigned until Holy Innocence Day, December 28th. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here we go. This is where he gets his name. After the Reformation, devotion to Nicholas disappeared in all the Protestant countries of Europe, except Holland, where his legend persisted as Sinterklaas, a Dutch variant of the name St. Nicholas. Dutch colonists took this tradition with them to New Amsterdam, now New York City, and the American colonies in the 17th century. Sinterklaas was adopted by the country's English-speaking majority under the name Santa Claus, and his legend of a kindly old man was united with old Nordic folktales of a magician who punished naughty children and rewarded good children with presents. The resulting image of Santa Claus in the United States crystallized in the 19th century and has ever since remained the patron of the gift-giving festival of Christmas. Woo, there you go. That is St. Nicholas, Bishop of Myra from Britannica.com. So there are a lot of Old Testament, excuse me, why did I say Old Testament? A lot of old Christmas traditions. There we go. I had something else flash in my brain. You know what it was, Stuart? I had a interview with someone about the feasts, festivals, and fasts of the Bible, and that flashed in my brain. And then I said, 
Old Testament. But anyways, that was me with a brain glitch there. There are a lot of old Christmas traditions that I find very fascinating. Now, you'll have some Christians that are, they'll, they'll say things along the lines of, oh, Christmas is pagan. Oh, uh, these traditions are pagan. And I get elements of that. So I'm not here to take a strong stand for or against it. But in my mind, if it's something that even if it's secular or pagan doesn't necessarily mean it's evil, you just have to look at the values. So if I look at a secular culture that's not Christian and they have this um, this practice or tradition where, I don't know, they take a piece of paper and they paint on it. And every day, not every day, once a year, they do this where they take a piece of paper and they paint on it. And it's not, you know, demonic or anything like that. And they just do it once a year. And they ask me, hey, Nate, why don't you on this day join us and paint a picture on a piece of paper? I look at that as something very harmless. And I'm like, okay, I don't see the problem with it. Uh, So I think we have to just be careful to just, even if it's something secular, it doesn't make it bad necessarily, y'all. We do things we don't even realize that are secular or have secular origins. And we do it all the time. Y'all, not every invention was invented by a Christian. Not everything you do was built by a Christian. Your car may not have been built by Christians. Your house may not have been built by Christians. Your uh, There might be some various American holidays that we celebrate that wasn't established by Christians. It doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. I think it's a case-by-case basis. Don't just uh, poo-poo on something because it's not all from the direct hands of Jesus himself. So, uh, you know, take that for what you will. But, you know, are there elements of Christmas that have some pagan stuff to it? Sure. You just be careful. You know, evaluate. You don't have to celebrate everything or reject everything, but just, you know, try to do research. And uh, if it's harmless, it's harmless. I don't see, you know, what's necessarily wrong with certain elements of that, as long as you're careful. Anyways, friends, I want to make you aware of a opportunity for you or uh, maybe someone you know. WDJC is hiring a uh, office or billing manager. Crawford Media Group in Birmingham, Alabama, is in search of a seasoned office and billing manager. This full-time position is a great opportunity to become a major contributor to Crawford Media Group's Birmingham stations. The ideal candidate should have two to five years of experience in business administration, be highly organized, flexible, and have the ability to manage multiple projects, possess strong mathematical, written, and verbal skills, and have a high level of proficiency with Microsoft Office. Duties will include, but are not limited to, billing and collection procedures, accounts receivable, and purchase orders, human resource responsibilities and communication with our corporate office. Send your qualifications, resume, and cover letter telling us why you're the right person for the position by emailing hiring at wdjconline.com or by mail at 120 Summit Parkway, Suite 200, Birmingham, Alabama, 35209. Crawford Media Group is an equal opportunity employer.
Well, friends, uh, we are heading towards the end of this second hour. If you missed anything, make sure to go back on our Priority Talk podcast. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and elsewhere. Check us out online at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Follow us on follow us we have an instagram and a facebook account at priority talk this is wxjc radio priority talk we will be right back priority talk hear about what's happening in the world from a biblical point of view with the national crawford roundtable podcast available on apple Podcasts, stitcher and more and online at crawfordmediagroup.net brought to you by preborn saving babies and souls Are you retired or nearing retirement and concerned about how you're going to replace your lost income once you're no longer working? Are you potentially facing a layoff and not sure if you've got enough money to last? What are you going to do about the fact that taxes are on sale? If you are working, how much longer do you need to work? What lifestyle is sustainable once you retire? Hi, this is Tad Hill, the host of the Retire with Freedom radio show, and our retirement planning process answers all of these questions. And right now we are hosting a free retirement course that walks you through exactly how to answer these questions for yourself and your family. I strongly encourage you to get registered for the next course by calling or texting 205-988-0006, 205-988-0006. That's 988-0006. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Scale your business with a dedicated team of experts. A marketing vendor focuses on profit. A marketing partner focuses on your business. With Dot Edison, there is no more taking, only serving. Feel great about your marketing with Dot Edison. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code. PTR to the number 202-249-5592 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 202-249-5592 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis.
What color is dignity? What color is whosoever? What color is integrity? What color is love? Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Monday night, going to finish out the second hour strong. Uh, Make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com, and uh, it's been a joy. This has been a great show. In the first hour, we covered a lot of news, current events. I covered uh, Kirk Cameron and his uh, story hour at libraries, and uh, we talked about more things, ways for Christians to get involved, get active, y'all, get off our rear ends, and let's go do something for once, right? Uh, I'm just kidding. I know a lot of y'all serve and uh, thankful for all, all that you do, y'all. You are you make an impact on a lot of people that you might not even realize. And so that's a message for mothers and fathers. That if, for those of you, it, it might be tough. Get little sleep. You don't know uh, where the next paycheck might come from, or you don't know if you're doing a good job as a parent, y'all. My my word of encouragement to you is keep going. Stay in the fight. You're doing good. Uh, speaking of encouraging words, I preached recently on a passage of the Bible, Matthew chapter 1, that you might not think is necessarily rich and rife for just many sermons that you could rip off, you know, you could pull from this uh, passage, Matthew chapter 1. I I preached on the genealogy. And now if you know this genealogy, you know, uh, you know, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and so on and so forth. Maybe you come from more of a King James background and it's begat. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. And we are tempted to, I know I am, we are tempted to sometimes skip the genealogies. And we're like, oh, just a boring bunch of names. But I think this Christmas season, let's view it a little differently. That was my encouragement when I preached on this passage. And what we see, y'all, these names were real lives. These people lived for decades and decades and decades. They had law, and many of them had long and fruitful lives. And they had their own troubles, their own times. That y'all remember that the Bi- people in the Bible are not like flat, two dimensional, just uh, they serve their own purpose in the story to kind of get the plot going. These were real people. Uh, Jesus was a real person. Mary and Joseph, they were real people. They had their own lives, their own worries, their own doubts. We read uh, Jesse was the father of King David and King David was the father of Solomon. Think about that story that uh, David was uh, he had his doubts with God. God, where are you? He says in the Psalms, I don't I don't feel your presence. Uh, You've seemed far away. Are you listening to me? He says in the Psalms. And then you had Solomon who asked for wisdom, right? Solomon was the wisest man on the earth and then just proceeded to make boneheaded decisions and get with tons and tons and tons of women. And that led him astray. He made some some bad decisions there. And you just see through the genealogy how faithful God's been. God has been faithful to all these people in the past, and you and I might doubt God and his goodness. God, like, are you there? Uh, we ask tough questions. Hey, God, why, why did you allow uh, my, my spouse to pass away so young or that child to pass away so young? Uh, 
Why did you allow this trauma and abuse to happen to me? Um, God, I'm, I'm lonely. I, I may, maybe we're suffering from a physical or mental illness. And we always question God. God, where are you? But this Christmas season, let's go back to the genealogies and, and, and know that, or I say, should say genealogy. It's in Matthew and also Luke chapter 3, a different version of it, all leading to Jesus, that God is with us, Emmanuel. He walked with everyone on this list, all their, through their trials and, and, and tribulations, he was with them. God is present. And that's what we cling to in this Christmas season. So I want to give y'all hope. And that's the hope we have in the gospel, that all these genealogies, uh, you know, there are lots of genealogies in the Old Testament, a couple in the New Testament, Matthew 1, Luke 3, they, they point to Jesus. Jesus is the gift that we have on Christmas. And God loved us so much that he gave us himself. Think about it. If I love you and I give you money, well, that's special, right? We all appreciate money, but that money eventually is going to run out. If I love you and I give you uh, building materials, well, hey, you can make a house with it, a shop with it. That's wonderful. But eventually that shop is going to fall down. It's, it's going to collapse. It'll get old. I can love you in a lot of different ways, but the highest form of love I can give you is to say, hey, here am I. You have all of me. Uh, God sent prophets and priests and kings. You had Saul, David, Solomon. You had Aaron and others. You had Isaiah, Jeremiah, and, and more prophets. Prophets, priests, kings. He sent all of them because he loved Israel. But you know the highest form of love? God gave us himself. So just remember that, y'all, it's cliche. Um, as Zeke, our caller from Coleman earlier, shout out to Coleman, that's where I come from. Sure, it's cliche, uh, the reason for the season, you know, little baby Jesus, yada, 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 yada. But it doesn't have to be cliche. We help to make it real. Y'all, how is our devotional life? Maybe it's time that, you know, it's been a while since we've been in the Word. I encourage y'all, if it's just a couple moments of the day, if you go to, this is what I always say, if you have time to go to the bathroom, sit on that toilet seat, look online, go to the, you know, bathroom. I won't get into too much more detail than that. Well, friends, you got time to read your Bible. There is a, I served for many years in youth group ministry. And I challenge my kids to read the Bible for one minute a day. And here's what would happen when you try to read the Bible one minute a day. Uh, one minute a day. English is tough, especially if you're a radio host. Uh, what happens when you read the Bible one minute a day is that you'll find that you can't stay with a minute. You'll find this like, oh, well, to finish this passage, I kind of got to read a little more. And then before you know it, you've read for two or three minutes. So you re went from not reading your Bible at all to reading your Bible for a few minutes. And, and that's a win for now. So, y'all, how's our devotional life? How's our prayer life? If you're, if you're out there driving, be praying for your spouse. Your spouse is a good spouse. They're trying. They're not perfect, but neither are you. So pray for your spouse and your marriage. 
pray for your kids. I know little Tommy and Timmy, Susie and you know whoever else. Yeah, they can be little little spoiled rotten little potatoes, but uh, but uh, they're gifts from God. Your children are gifts from God. Pray for your parents, y'all. Um, if you're a parent out there, you know how tough it can be. And your parents had to go through all that mess with you as well because you were not a perfect kid. Let us be a praying, serving, loving, reading, singing people this Christmas season, y'all. We're, we're a few days away from Christmas, this upcoming Sunday. Help us to, to be a people that cling to the gospel, y'all. That God created us to be with him. Uh, He made us perfect. He made us good. The world was good. We had that relationship with God. But our sins separated us from God. We decided to rebel against him. Of our own free will, we looked at God and we said, "Uh uh-uh, I can do your job better. And it's something that we still say to this day. Our sins separate us from God. But then uh, these sins can't be repaid by good deeds. We create and construct religions such as Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, New Age, spirituality, and all the rest. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, where we try to be good. We try to do do good, and maybe one day we'll be good enough to make it into heaven. But we know we can't be friends because God's standard is perfection. His standard is his holy and righteous character, and we can never match that. But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice, the spotless lamb for our sins. Uh, He died on the cross, and he was buried. Three days later, he rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Everyone, that's you and me, who trusts in him alone, will have eternal life. Friends, if you put your faith and trust in him, that's your hope. That's your joy. That it's one day it's going to be okay. We live in a maddening world, and we don't know what's going to happen, but I trust that God will see us through. That life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. If you enter into that personal relationship with God, you get to live with him for eternity. You have life. And then it's at that point that, hey, You want to be a part of the community of the church, the body of Christ. Be with good people who love and care about you. Not perfect people, because if you hung out with perfect people, well, guess what? They wouldn't hang out with you and they wouldn't hang out with each other because no one's perfect. So go join a church, live and serve in that church, serve each other and serve the community. That's the gospel, friends. It's simple. For uh, six letters, G O S P E L, and uh, those letters uh, I I got from Dare to Share. Uh, they each have they're an acronym that stand for six sentences, and that's the whole gospel. You can have it memorized. Uh, this has been a wonderful show, friends. We will be back tomorrow from five to seven, and that's uh, who we are Mondays through Fridays from five to seven. And if you miss anything, we have our podcast Priority Talk. It's on Apple and Spotify. Y'all, this has been a great show. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out. Stuart's been in the studio. We will be back tomorrow. Y'all drive safe and have a good night.